Welcome to When Ghosts Speak with Melissa and Mary Ann. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of When Ghosts Speak. Marianne, you've got you've got one here that's uh, right in my backyard. Yeah, and this one is interesting because I can tell people that this happens, but you're going to see this happen in this one. So it's a little interesting. A lady had called and she said, please, please call me back. She says, I'm having terrible problems. Her name was Marge. She was divorced for years. She said, but ever since her two-year younger sister moved in with her, the problem started. Her sister, Julie, was never married. Marge was the owner of a small bookstore and Jules was a CPA for a large factory. Sometimes Marge called Julie Jules. Sometimes she called her Julie. Yeah, I think Jules may be a nickname for Julie in most households. And I asked her, why did Julie move in? And Marge said, well, we're both taking an early retirement and it'll be next year. Marge said, my house is a basementless house, a ranch with three bedrooms. And Jules' house was a lot older with steps. Both of our properties are paid for. So we decided we would sell Julie's place. And with the profit from that, we would fix up this place. She says, I never have done any updating for probably 15 years. And we both wanted some new stuff. So we decided to, um, you know, pay with that, pay, pay for that with the money she got from the selling of her house. And as soon as all that was done, then her name went on the deed. She said, so we are exact owners in this house, but at least it's more comfortable for us, you know, seeing that we were going to be retiring. And I said, okay. She said, we also have three-year-old Westies. Westies are little white yappy dogs, really cute, but they are little yappy dogs. And she said, they're sisters. She said, I decided I wanted a, a dog, and so did Julie. And so we looked around. She took, said it took a while for us to agree, to agree on the breed. She says, so we are sisters living with sister dogs. And she says, and, and it was, it was fine. So I said, so what's going on? And she said, well, it started with remodeling. We went through two contractors. Finally, the third one finished the job for us. Even after six months, the Westies are still not used to living in this house. They bark at every sound. If one doesn't start, the other one does. She says, and then she said, Julie and I have been sort of nitpicking at one another. She says, 
I know sisters fight, she says, but we really have a loving relationship. She says, we, we, we don't fight. She says, there's just the two of us left in the family. We do not fight. And she said, and then the Westies started fighting with one another. She said, they, they came from the same litter. She said, we couldn't understand why all of a sudden they didn't like each other. And she said, you know, it just unnerving in this house. She says, it just feels like we're being watched all the time. And Marge never asked me if there was a ghost in the house or not. I thought that was interesting. I mean, obviously she was calling for an answer to something, but that was the question she didn't ask. And she said, um, do you think you can come over and just tell me what's going on here? And I said, sure. And again, she never asked what was going on. And I think it's one of those, if I don't ask, it's not happening. Something's happening, but I don't know what. But you don't have to tell me till you get here. And you know what? If that was going to make her feel more comfortable, that was fine with me. So about a week later, I went to her house. And Marge and Julie uh, were both there. Two ghosts, one man, one woman. And when I talked to Marge on the phone at the time, I only saw a man. I never saw the woman. So she had come in sometime during that week. And the lady ghost was very, very shy, maybe 60-ish, um, Pleasant looking, she had this long, thick braid that went past her waist. And, but every time I looked at her, she would scoot out of the room and peek around the corner. She would not stay in the room where I was at. But she would listen and sort of look around. And then as soon as I'd look up, her hair, she would go back around the corner. I said, now, I said, the man that's here, I said, oh, no. I said, the man that is here is some like, he's like somebody dropped a quarter in his ear. He's just babbling on and on and on. He won't shut up. And I said, he just talked constantly. He finally said to me, thank God somebody can finally hear me and listen to me. And I thought to myself, mm, yeah, I'm sort of. Stop doing that because I'm the only one that can do that. So I'm thinking, tell me something interesting. And I said, what's your name? And he said, Howard. He was 55 years old. He'd been dead for 30 years. He said cancer. That surprised me because normally people that die of cancer, especially if it's long, it takes, they, they, they're ready to die. They go right to the light. They are usually hardly ever stuck. And I said, why didn't you go to the light when you had the chance? And he said, I didn't want to leave my wife. And he said, and you know, in all honesty, back then they said how bad smoking was, but I guess I didn't pay any attention. He says, because now I'm dead. And there's nothing I can do about it. I said, so what's going on in this house? He said he and his brother built the house. 
they had a small construction company. I asked Howard why he didn't go with light. And again, he said about his wife and his daughter was graduating from high school. My older daughter was married and pregnant with our first grandchild. And he said, actually, he was born two days after I died. And my wife was upset with the uh, doctors and the tranquilizers. I was worried about my family. So that's why I didn't leave. He said, my wife actually died about seven years after I died. And I said, hold on. I said, why didn't you go to the light with your wife when she died? He said, I never realized she was dead. He said, I couldn't stay at our house because my wife's health was worse when I was there. When I went to the cemetery one day to see my grave, I saw her name on her headstone. That's how I found out she was dead. So he said, I want to see her. I want to go to her. I said, when did you start hanging out in this house? He said, my brother and I built this house as a model for younger families or older folks that were retiring. He said, we built four or five of these almost identically. He said, that's why when you go up and down some of the streets out here, a lot of the houses all look alike because those are the ones that we built. And if you think about it, any neighborhood that you go into, there's usually the houses are cupcake. They all look like the same house next door. And he said, we love living here. When we took the house off, not being a model, he said, we actually moved in here. And he said, it was just right for the four of us. And he said, now the lady ghost was standing just around the corner. And she sort of looked in again and she heard our conversation. And if I, and I said to him, if I make the white light, will you go? He said, yes, yes, definitely will go. He says, I want to see my wife. My grandson is 30. Was His wife is expecting their second child. He said, so I'm really a great grandfather even. And he said, yeah. He says, I want to be able to hang out with them. And I said, okay. I asked him, what was going on with the other contractors? Why were you doing that to them? You didn't want them to remodel the house? He said, no. He says, I agree. The house was outdated. They've done so many more things now over the years. He said, but he said the first one was charging them way too much to do the work. And he says, and I just kept sort of making things worse so that the girls would get angry and ask him to leave, which they did. And I said, so you helped them? And he said, yeah. And I said, and what about the second one? He said, oh, the second one had no idea. He didn't know how to hammer a nail in right. He said, there was no way I was going to let him wreck the work that I did in this house and make it shoddy. He said, so he was not staying, absolutely not staying. I said, okay. I said, so you aggravated him too. He said, yeah, that was really easy with him. I just hid his tools every night. He'd come back in the morning and he couldn't find his tools anywhere. And he started blaming the women. He said, and of course, they're arguing back. We did not. And he said he got disgusted and left. 
And I said, the third? He says, the third contractor was very good, knew his job, knew what to do, did everything up to code. And he said, as a matter of fact, he said, he caught some terrible mistakes that the second one did. He said, and if he hadn't fixed them, he says, it, it would have been a disaster in this house. So again, here we have an earthbound spirit that's actually helping this time. And I asked Howard if he knew anything about the lady that wouldn't come in the room with us. He said, yeah, she's a little weird. And I had to laugh. I'm thinking, yeah, you're a ghost too, bud. So he said, well, she likes to look at the jewelry in the one's bedroom. I says, which one? And he pointed to Julie. I said, do you know her name? He said, no, I've asked her, but she just goes in another room. I said, all right. He said, I saw her put a pin and two rings behind the tall dresser in that lady's bedroom. I said, a pin? He says, yeah, yeah, you know the thing you put on a coat that has jewelry on it, diamonds or something? I said, oh, okay. So I guess he was talking like about a brooch or something. And I said, then the lady said to me, don't tell them that it was me that did this. Well, I, of course I told them. Jules ran out of the room, ran into her bedroom, and pulled that huge dresser out from the wall. There the three pieces of jewelry were. Pretty nice diamonds. And she brought them out, and she said, you know, I bought the three of these pieces at an auction. And she said, I got them relatively cheap, I thought, considering what they're worth. And she said, and I thought, mm, I'm going to go ahead and buy them. I thought, if nothing else, maybe, you know, they could be used. I could trade them in or I wasn't going to let the good deal go by. Be careful of your good deal sometimes, group. So I said, okay. And Marge said, Howard probably saved our lives. And I said, yeah. I said, I believe he probably did. And Jill said, I bet I might know who she is. I went to an estate sale. And when I bought these three pieces, she said, I sort of remember thinking, I can't believe the lady that owned this house left all of this expensive stuff. But I saw family there, and I don't know why she didn't give any of this to her family or why the family never bought it. And I said, well, I said, maybe it just wasn't their cup of tea or, and there are some wills, which I've personally seen, where they want their stuff auctioned off and none of it is to be bought by family members. The dynamics in those households, I bet, were real interesting. So it's like, no, you can't have my stuff and you can't buy it. That would be interesting to know for those of us that are nosy and we're like, do tell. Yeah, exactly. And I said to her when she told me that, I said, 
Well, I can't do it, I says, but do me a favor, I says, if you can remember or see, find your auction book or whatever. I said, you're retired now. I said, why don't you see if you can dig up some information on who the house belonged to? And she said, yeah, she says, I might try that. And I said, okay. So the Quincy's went up and a couple of weeks later, Jill said, I found her. She mailed an obit photo of her, and yes, it was the same lady. Exactly. She said, but there's no, absolutely no information on her. She says, I can't find any information on her. And I said, well, then maybe you're not supposed to know. About a month later, March called me up. She said, Marianne, something is wrong. She said, the dogs had calmed down a little for about a week or so, she says, but now she says they just run to the doors and bark and carry on. And she said, the house feels okay inside, but I don't understand what's going on. I said to her, the lady that was in your house wouldn't go to the light. And I told her she couldn't stay in the house or if she stayed, the seeds were going to go up and she would never be able to get out. Now, in all honesty, I would really not do that, but the ghost doesn't know that. So we went ahead and she waited to the last minute before she ran out the door and the seed went up. And so she said, you know, it snowed about three days ago. And I said, yeah, about an inch or two, nothing major. She says, it was about 10 o'clock at night and we're watching TV. She says, and the banging on the patio door was terrible. And she says, both dogs ran there, just that high pitched squeaky bark that is so annoying. And she said, we couldn't pull them away. And she said, and we both heard the knock on the patio door. She said, we turned the light on on the porch. We looked down on the snow. No footsteps. How could somebody knock on the door without a footstep? And I said, because I'm going to bet it was the lady that the jewelry belonged to. She didn't believe us when I told her she couldn't get back in. I said, I bet that's her standing outside banging on the door. She said, oh no. She says, can you come over? She says, we took a picture. We just stood back in the kitchen and took a picture in that direction. She says, and we had it developed. Yes, developed. And she said, we couldn't believe it. She said, and this is what she got. Lady banging on the window. No footsteps in the snow. You can see the snow on the railing. You can see the snow on the roof. But there are no footsteps anywhere. This is what happens when their ghost scoots out before I can get rid of them. Or if you had one that was coming in and out maybe a couple times a month and they come and all of a sudden they can't get in, they get a little ticked off. And they'll stand out there and kick and bang and make noise. Well, you had that noise at your house. Yeah. I, the woman who um, got pushed out, 
she wasn't my problem. It was that guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, you said she was the nosy little gossiper, just like to be nosy and see what she could. And after the seats went up, you know, she would stand on the porch and yell my son's name through the window because the windows were open summertime and she, you know, tap on the glass because she couldn't get in anymore. Yeah, they, it's amazing. I have found that when I get this type of a ghost out of a house where they were really there mostly because they enjoyed the children and for the bedrooms of these kids, if they were even on the second floor, if the lady didn't go to the light and she left, she would tap on the second floor bedroom windows even. But it takes a lot of energy to do that. If it's going to happen, it's usually going to happen around a new or a full moon or an eclipse. But And once they do it, it they don't do it very long or very often because again it just takes too much energy <laughs> right out of stephen king tapping and knocking second and third floor windows yeah that's what they do if they <laughs> i mean they really want to get in because of what i do for sure when a ghost doesn't go to the light and they just leave i try to make sure that Every entranceway, including attic doors, are covered. Because if somebody's determined enough, they will come in through an attic. I so, had that in the house. Um, I had to put an extra thing on that little trap door to yep. keep them from coming in. That's what I do. I just make sure if you're why in the world would I ever want to make a second trip out if I don't have to? Let's do it right the first time. Yeah, that, that house was pretty persistent. That needs to be its own episode. But yeah, uh, yeah I keep telling you. <laughs> so this is this is the lady that wanted in. Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, you can catch our episodes every Wednesday on all the platforms. They release at 4 a.m. Thanks for tuning in to When Ghosts Speak. Remember, no part of the podcast can be used, shared, or rebroadcast without the written consent of Marianne Winkowski and Melissa Wiles. Join us again soon. Goodbye.